Hello, is this thing on? Of course it is. They can definitely hear us. Yeah, we're in our fourth season. There's no silencing us now. Welcome to the Gritty Nurse Podcast, an unfiltered discussion on health and healthcare. My name is Amy Archibald Burley. And I'm Sarah Fung, and we are your podcast hosts. Please make sure that you subscribe to our new YouTube channel where you can watch our podcast in video format. Please hit the subscribe button. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any other podcast platform, leave us a rating and review. Hi, and welcome everyone to the Gritty Nurse Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Amy. And I'm Sarah. And we are your guests for, your, we're your hosts for today. So we actually have such an exceptional guest. We're super excited to have her. We actually had her on a little bit earlier before, but we had some technical difficulties. There was a crazy fair happening in our backyard, but it's not happening today. So we're going to make positive and we're going to get through this episode. <laughs> I always say three times the charm because uh, yeah. I think there was another time where we tried to record and somebody was sick, but we're all here today and we're going to make this happen. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce Shelly Ann Rampersad, who is the managing director of Florence in Canada, which is a global tech startup on a mission to tackle the healthcare staffing gap. She is the former vice president of clinical operations at Maple, where she built and led the company's health systems partnership function and ran the company's clinical operations, including clinical strategy and care delivery operations. Prior to Maple, she was a management consultant within KPMG's healthcare practice, and she has an MBA from Rotman School of Management. Shelly N is deeply committed to amplifying the voices of equity-deserving groups and tackling issues around accessible healthcare. She is a Civic Action Diversity Fellow, representing rising leaders shaping their communities, recent Arbor Award recipient for her long-standing volunteer work with the University of Toronto, and she was honored as one of WXN's Top 100 Canada's Most Powerful Women in 2022. Welcome to the Gritty Nurse Podcast, Shelley. Thanks so much. Really excited that we're actually able to make this happen. As you said, third time's the charm, so uh, excited to do this. So I know I ran over a really quick bio of what you have done and what you've accomplished, but maybe you can tell us a bit about your background and what really inspires you to do the work that you do. Yeah, sure. Um, So as you said, I've been in healthcare for the past decade, actually more than the past decade, but in different roles. So the last uh, seven years or so, I've been in health technology, so working with startups uh, here in Toronto. Before that, I was in um, healthcare strategy consulting, which was a really um, exciting opportunity to work with all different types of organizations, both locally as well as globally. Um, And then before that, I actually started my career in research, in medical research. Um, So I've been in and around the healthcare medical industry for a number of years. I'd say, you know, what inspires me is... It's very personal. I think for a lot of people who work in healthcare, it is it is personal, you know, the impact that they want to have. Um, growing up, I had a very sick parent who was in the healthcare system very often. So I was in and out of hospitals a lot of my childhood. And I never thought I would want to be on the front lines, you know, nursing or being a physician. That didn't seem like it was the right fit for me. Um, but what I've been able to do with my career is find a way to have an impact in the healthcare system through different angles. 
right? So through my work, um, I'm really passionate about increasing access to care, care for vulnerable populations, and I'm able to impact those things from a tech standpoint or a strategy standpoint. So that's been really exciting and really uh, rewarding for me. Yeah, that's so amazing. And I think one of the things that we kind of want to hear a little bit about, and I think Sarah will will uh, want to hear about this too, is you mentioned that you have a tech startup called Florence. And of course, the first thing that we think of is, of course, Florence Nightingale. But maybe you could tell us a little bit about your tech startup. Yeah, sure. So Florence is actually a global company. So it was founded by a physician in the UK in 2016. Um, earlier last year, the company launched in France, and this year we've come to Canada. So I'm leading the Canadian organization. We are uh, pretty much brand new, so just getting boots on the ground. I have a local team here, and we're on a mission to help solve the health human resourcing gap. So, you know, this is one of the the biggest issues that we're hearing about. Lots of nurses um, leaving the system uh, for a number of reasons, burnout, different work conditions. Obviously, COVID didn't help. Um, Then we have a rapidly aging workforce. So we have a number of the, you know, career nurses, let's say, who are about to retire, and that's going to leave a big gap. And then I think you look to the future and you look at Gen Z, and we have a whole new workforce with a different way of working. So all of these things coming together with the increased demand for healthcare services, we're seeing this really massive gap um, here in Canada, but globally. So we're on a mission to help contribute to a solution here. Um, And we do that by connecting nurses, personal support workers, other healthcare professionals with open shifts and facilities. So we have a marketplace. It's all meant to be sort of fair and transparent, where if you're a nurse, you can download our app. You can see open shifts near you and you have a little bit more control and flexibility to pick up extra shifts. Wow. Yeah. I think that's great because we've been talking to a lot of nurses, as you know, and the I would say the top reason for leaving the bedside or leaving full-time work is the lack of flexibility to have some work-life balance. So you're saying that with your app, you're able to help nurses achieve this a little bit better. Um, I guess the elephant in the room is talking about, you know, Florence is, you explained it to me actually when we first met, you said it's like Uber for nurses. So nurses can download the app, they can pick the shifts they want. Um, how does that work on the organization side, like like in terms of payment? Because we've heard that there are agencies that are gouging the healthcare system and really contributing to driving the prices up for um, what they're paying nurses per hour. Yeah, it's a, a really good question and something that's getting a lot of spotlight, especially here in Ontario. So, you know, I've been seeing articles where they say agencies are charging like two to three X for a nurse. And that that creates a couple issues. So one, completely unsustainable for the actual healthcare organization. Number two, those nurses are being paid more, um, which is good in a sense. But then, you know, they're going and working with these full-time nurses who are making a lot less than them. So it creates this imbalance in this um, team dynamic that maybe isn't the most productive. Um, And so, yes, we are sort of like an agency in a sense because we're um, supplying nurses and personal support workers to go work these shifts um, through this marketplace, right? So if they book the shift, they go. The difference with us versus an agency is that the healthcare organization sets the rate. So instead of an agency or the way that an agency works, they go to, let's say, a long-term care home and they say, okay, I have nurses and here's the rate. They set it at 2X, 3X, whatever it is. We say, 
This is an open marketplace. You post your open shifts at the rate that you want. The nurses who download our app, they'll see the rate. They're going to see the rate, the location. They'll actually even see a rating of the facility. So we have the nurses rating the facilities on safety, quality, communication, a number of the issues that are important to nurses, and then vice versa. And so our mission is to increase transparency in this process and make it a little bit fair for or more fair for both parties. That being said, we're not able to pay nurses as much as agencies are paying, um, but we are able to give them more control and flexibility over um, over their their schedules. And then I think a big piece of this is, you know, the the rate that nurses are working for and what they're being paid. That's sort of a larger issue um, and not sort of <laughs> one that agencies should really be setting the rates for because it creates this misaligned incentive, as I said, where if agencies are paying this super high rate and a full-time work is paying rate X, um, that's a lot lower. Yeah. You might be drawing people out to go make a lot more in those roles. So we're, we're trying to turn things on its head a little bit, do things a little bit different, give the healthcare organizations the ability to set the rates, give the nurses the ability to see what those rates are and choose if they don't want to work for that rate, they don't have to. Um, and if they're willing to, and it, it works with their schedule, they can. Yeah. Wow. That's like super innovative. And again, like those are the, the concerns that we keep hearing. We he keep hearing about the scheduling, that that work-life balance isn't there. And I think, you know, empowering nurses to be able to choose what their work situation looks like, where they work. Because again, there's those, the, the conflict of like, if you are unionized and you work for this hospital, it might be, you might not be able to work in the community setting, or you might not be able to go here and there. And I think that ha thinking outside of the box and saying, okay, you know, there are other options out there is really great. And I, I have one little question too. Um, were there any nurses that were a part of the development? Because I know you said it was um, a physician uh, kind of coined the idea, but were there any uh, nurses that were a part of the development in terms of just thinking about how you would go about doing the app? Yes. So we do have a chief nursing officer who is in a global position. So she's located in the UK. But even here, like in, in Canada, you know, when we launched, my first, um, my first goal was to go talk to a lot of nurses, right? And just see, like, and I, I sort of, I connected with Sarah and I was like, here's what I'm up to. I would just love your feedback. I just want to hear your reaction to it, right? And so I just connected with as many people as I could and said, here's what we're up to. Here's what the app looks like. I would love your feedback. Just to understand, is this something that nurses want? What resonates with them? What, uh, who, who does this resonate with? Um, are there other suggestions? And in that, I got so much great feedback, right? So, you know, nurses, they looked at the app and they're like, this is so cool. It would be great if it could do X, Y, and Z. And I would love to be able to see this. And this uh, is really meaningful to me. And so that's, I think, a really key part of any technology is listening to the people who use the technology. And then a really key part of healthcare is, you know, thinking about the people who are actually involved in it, right? And who are being impacted. You know, we, we say a lot of, you know, patient-centered care, but also, you know, thinking about the perspective for me, I'm, uh, you know, focused on what that experience is for nurses. So I want to make sure that they're at the heart of the feedback that I'm getting. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that, you know, again, it's so important to make sure that nurses are included. I think we, we've we talked about it so many times about how nurses feel silenced, that, you know, things are developed, whether it's in tech industries or various different industries without nurses even being a part of mm-hmm. it. So this mm-hmm. is amazing to hear that, you know, um, you took the time to reach out to nurses and for them to be a part of uh, the design in this. Yeah. And I think it's great that you involved them early on because I can't tell you how many times there was a new electronic medical record system developed and it's basically ready to go. And at the final stage, nurses are asked for their feedback, right. but it's too late to change anything. They're asking for the sake of asking, but they're not really, they're not really ready to hear about what the user experience is like because they've already, like everything's already set in stone, but it sounds like you involve nurses really early. And I'm just wondering um, now that the app is launched and you're starting to use it, have you gotten feedback from nurses and other healthcare providers about how the experience has been so far? Yes. So to date in the GTA, we've had about 3,000 nurses sign up. So RNs, RPMs, and PSWs. So sorry, that includes um, PSWs as well. Um, And then we're starting to work with a number of healthcare organizations. So we have some long-term care homes, some retirement homes, some specialty clinics. And so every, essentially every shift that gets booked on the app, we are seeking feedback. So we are following up with the nurse. If they're willing to talk to us, tell us about the experience, tell us how the app worked for them and how, you know, actually going to that facility was and then vice versa. We're also talking to the folks in the facilities, right? So sometimes it's the scheduler, sometimes it's the charge nurse. How did this work for you? You know, as you said, implementing technology in a healthcare setting can be a little bit tricky. Not everyone is is eager right away to use it. So we also want to make sure that on that side of things, it's it's very usable and it's made for the people who are are going to be you know clicking through it every single day, which is you know maybe your scheduler. So we're sitting down with those folks and seeing how they're using it, getting their feedback. They might say, you know, I want to see this or this didn't make sense to me when I was clicking through this way. That's incredibly helpful for us because then we go back and we can tweak the platform. Um, and then we also listen to what the healthcare, healthcare organization's needs um, are. So they've said, this is really great. We also need dietary aids. Do you have dietary aids on your platform? So we're starting to think about, okay, maybe this isn't just for nurses. That's sort of where we started. Um, maybe there are other types of healthcare professionals that are really looking for this flexible um, environment and control over their schedules. So we're starting to think about expanding into other areas as well. Wow. That's great. I think it's good. Like it is really like Uber because when you take an Uber, you rate your driver, right? So you're saying that the organizations get to rate the nurses too, which is kind of cool because I feel like nursing is very um, driven by years of experience and there's not a lot of emphasis on how you are day to day. Like maybe once in a while, you'll get like a piece of paper that says, thank you for uh, taking great care of this patient and that patient. But there's no real incentive, I would say, to go above and beyond other than the fact that we're told we should. So are you saying that um, if a nurse has a really high rating, would this person be able to book more shifts or be more attractive as as a, um, a nurse working somewhere? Yeah, so we we have their aggregate rating. You're right. It's sort of like Uber where the nurses rate the organizations and then the organizations rate the nurses. They'll see a rating. Um, they also see that in context of their whole um, work profile, right? So where else they've worked, how many shifts, um, you know, their experience, their skill set. So it's not the only thing, but it is one piece of it. I would say it comes into play mostly from a continuity perspective. So, you know, maybe there's 
um, a long-term care home that just had a nurse come to a shift. They rated them five stars. They really liked them. Maybe they're going to invite that person back again next um, because they said, oh, that's a real, that was a really great experience. And so we have the ability, in addition to the rating, to favorite your, you know, your favorite nurses and invite those people back again um, instead of having it be, you know, you're always going to a different facility. Um, so that's one piece of it. And then I think the other piece, we do support healthcare facilities with hiring from our, our nursing group and our network. Um, so if they find someone that's a fit both ways, you know, the nurse really loves working there and vice versa, and they have a part-time or full-time role for them, we really actually encourage that. Um, not, a lot of, not a lot of agencies would say that, but our mission is really to help these facilities stay fully staffed so that they can give the patients the best care they deserve. And so that's aligned with our mission. So if we introduce a facility to a nurse that they want to hire, that's a, that's a win for us. We're really excited about that. Yeah. I, I have a question too, because like, of course you're talking about all the, the positive aspects, but what about any yes. downsides? Like I think I, I, I almost hesitate for myself to think about, you know, what if a hospital was to rate a nurse badly? Like how does that color her shift or, you know, any of her other or his other or their other working experiences and just, you know, like have, are there any other things that you think that, you know, might present as challenges. Again, there's lots of opportunities, but anything that you might see as a challenge, because I, I, I have to be honest, I'd be concerned. Like, what if I had a crappy day and I had a, a two-star rating? Yeah, it's it's a good point. I mean, we all know, we all think about our Uber ratings. And when you get a low rating, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm a great Uber. <laughs> I, like, I'm a, I'm a great passenger. Why did I, why is my rating so low? Or whatever the case is. Um, you know, our, our goal with this is to help increase transparency and give people more data. But what we don't want is what you just said, which is for that to be a deterrent or for it to be demotivating. So I think the ratings need to be reviewed in the context that they are intended for. So from a quality perspective, that's one piece that we look at. You're right. People are going to have off days. And sometimes, you know, maybe the rating has nothing to do with the, the nurse themselves and it was something else. What it does for us is it's a little bit of a, a trigger or a flag for us to take a closer look and make sure that we can maintain the quality of um, the service that we're providing. So I think, you know, it, it's a fine line. It's something that we have to really, really manage carefully. Um, but the ratings, you know, it, it's not meant to um, be demotivational, but it is meant to capture anything that uh, might be happening that is is a red flag. At the end of the day, we do want to make sure that if we're connecting these healthcare professionals to these organizations and these facilities, that it's the right fit. And that's what the rating is meant to capture. Okay. Okay, that's that's great. I'm I'm glad that we uh, were able to kind of round this out because we we know that in healthcare it is tough. So yeah. so it's good to know what the positives and the negatives are. Um, certainly sounds like it's very innovative and it's something that we need we need to shake up the healthcare system because obviously struggles have been going on for a long time and it's great to just have someone. I would say like a outside party come in and try to do things a different way um, and really be responsive to what the market is telling you because you were saying that you were getting requests for dietary aids. So you thought, well, why not add them into the mix? So I do think that um, it's good to have someone that is able to kind of quickly pivot to what the market is telling you. And it sounds like you were able to do that. 
Um, for those listeners that are listening just audio only and not our YouTube channel, which by the way, I would love if people would subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs> but if you're not watching on YouTube, uh, you may not realize that we are all women of color right. having this conversation right now. And um, I know that's something you're really passionate about, Shelley. So what has your experience been in uh, leadership as a person of color? Like how has that really shaped who you are today? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, and, uh, and a conversation that I think is, is a good one to have, you know, as I've progressed through my career and, and, in many leadership positions, it's no surprise probably to, to you and, and many listening that there are less people who might look like me right throughout, um, throughout a lot of the rooms and, and tables that I'm at where I'm having discussions, um, I might be the only woman of color sometimes. I've been part of um, teams where I am. And so it's definitely something that um, informs my experience. I think representation really, really does matter. And so for me to be in this role, I think that's really meaningful and impactful. But as I think about my career, I was also looking for people like that above me to look up to. And I think I didn't always have those examples in some of the arenas that I I was in. So I would say it's something that definitely shapes my experience every day. Um, You know, at, at the end of the day, I try to put that aside and just focus on the work. But it comes up, you know, time every so often, right? When you're in a certain meeting and you might notice that you're the only person that, that looks a certain way. Um, so I don't know that I have, <laughs> I have the answer to this. I think the, the short answer is like, yes, it's, it's definitely been present in my career. It's something I've noticed. I'm really um, happy to, to sort of be in a role where I can maybe be a role model for, for some others in, in some way. But I think there's a lot more we have to do on this. Yeah, I mean, I would say that you definitely are a role model. And again, like a woman of color in tech. And when I th- when I think about the tech industry, there's not a lot of people who look like us in those in those areas. So definitely, I think, you know, having these conversations that other people see that representation is huge. And I think this is like we even talked about even mentorship, right? Like I think the fact that if we have those opportunities where we can, you know, share some of the work that we've done or even mentor other folks, I think those are parts of the conversation as well. Yeah. And even though we may not feel like mentors day to day, people are watching and people are reading and people are listening. So just because they don't interact with us doesn't mean we're not making a difference. And it can feel lonely sometimes, but I know just getting out there, meeting people in person, person um, people will say to us you know we've been following you for years um, and you know you've really inspired me to do something different with my career with my life so sometimes I think we don't realize the difference that we make um, because we don't get that immediate feedback but just know that you are making a difference um, you are inspiring others and just keep going with what you're doing and I think this is also Yes. No, I th- sorry. I think this is also in really great alignment with what you said at the beginning, Shelley, where you kind of mentioned that, you know, you were interested in healthcare, but you didn't really want to be a nurse. And I think this is actually, you know, there's lots of people who are interested in being the healthcare field. Um, but, you know, they don't necessarily want to do that physical aspect of that care. And I think it's really cool that you took two passions. You're like, well, I really love healthcare, but I really love technology. And you kind of 
you know, married the two or put the two together. And I kind of think about, you know, how do we get more people who are interested in healthcare, but also want to be in the tech side? How, like, what conversations would you start to have with folks that, or even nurses who might be saying, hey, I want to learn a little bit more about tech because we have nursing informatics and we're, maybe we'll do an episode on that. But I think this is kind of like a different angle. Like, how would you encourage those conversations that, you know, there's a place for women of color, women in tech and in the healthcare industry? Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely something that I, I think about. And I actually have lots of, of nurses and, and ex-clinicians, like all sorts of folks, right? Like pharmacists and um, paramedics who actually want to leave those careers sometimes and pursue tech, right? And so I've done a lot of coffee chats and just chatting with people and, and maybe explaining how things work and the different roles. It is a really different skill set, as you know, right? Transitioning from frontline care if you're a nurse going into essentially like an office job, right? Working on your laptop all day with all these programs that we have. So um, I do spend a lot of my time um, speaking to friends and friends of friends who have people, they'll put me in touch and they'll say, you know, you have to talk to Shelly if you want to break into um, tech, she can give you some advice. So I think that that's part of it. I think, um, you know, the representation is part of it. People seeing me in this role, maybe and seeing you both in this role, right? They think, oh, cool, that's maybe something that I can do. And then I think another piece of this is I'm, you know, really privileged to be able to hire um, and be in a position where I'm hiring folks. And so that is something that I think about when I'm hiring. And I think if you, I don't, I don't have the stats, but maybe if you look at the stats and, <laughs> and I'm sure there's something around, you know, if you have um, a more diverse uh, group of people who are doing hiring, then that has an impact on the actual teams that they that they create and that they hire. Um, so I don't take that for granted. I think that's a really um, important responsibility that I have uh, to create and build and empower diverse teams. And that can be diversity in, in a lot of different areas. And so I think those are maybe some of the components around, you know, how do we start to get more people who, who look like us and in, into different careers. Yeah, I think it's just mm -hmm. about creating that awareness in the space that, you know, maybe there are up other opportunities because we get that a lot, you know, like what are other areas that we might be able to work in? And I think that's kind of an amazing, you know, blend if, if you're looking at trying to do something new. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, to, I'm just going to say to your earlier point, um, Amy, you asked this, like, do we have nurses involved in shaping our technology? You know, pretty much every health tech company wants clinicians and wants, you know, the people who are actually using that tech to be informing that technology, right? So I think that's a really important piece to this, which is you, you all have a really, um, amazing skill set. You have expertise that can actually teach us, right? And so there are lots of roles. Maybe there are full-time roles. Maybe they're actually advisory roles or an opportunity to provide feedback and get involved in different ways. And so I think there's, you know, maybe expanding your perspective of what it, what it means to uh, work in these different areas can also be helpful. Yeah, I think I think your um, frontline experience can't be replaced by anything else because I've worked on projects where we were transitioning from paper to electronic medical records and the nurses would say, you know, this isn't going to work because 
Like, I don't have time to chart this way. So I think that perspective is something that only nurses with the frontline experience can bring. And so for any nurse that's looking to transition, I don't want them to devalue what they already have because it's so valuable. It's just about translating those skills and, you know, really marketing yourself that you can do this other role and, you know, believing in yourself because you have to believe in yourself for someone else to believe you can do it too. So I think part of it is just nurses have felt so disrespected I guess and so demoralized over the last few years it's just going to take some time to break out of that mindset yeah and I I actually have uh our our worlds are going to collide a little bit where actually I had recently been invited to the collision tech conference are you going to be there Oh, great. Yes, I will be there. Yes. So we Fantastic. both were invited. Um, we we have media passes. So again, just, you know, our words, worlds will collide. And I think that's just the other perspective that, you know, healthcare folks need to have that, you know, we don't work in these silos where it's just, you know, we go to the bedside and that's it. We do have to interact with tech. So it'll be really interesting for our worlds to collide in that way. And, and you know, we're going to learn a little bit more about tech and who knows, maybe we'll start getting involved in a little bit more of the tech side and understanding how that works and I think it'll be really an interesting uh, opportunity. Yeah, and I actually heard recently that, um, you know, healthcare and tech is not going anywhere anytime soon. Like the rate that everything's evolving, it's only going to speed up. So we just need to embrace it, really. We need to embrace it and not push it away. Um, and our world's colliding. I love that pun. It's like, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But yes, our worlds are colliding. Oh my gosh, that's so lame. <laughs> my dad joke just came out randomly. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so I think we talked about a lot of cool things. And so Shelly, is there anything else you want to share uh, as we wrap up this episode um no i mean i think we hit on on some really good topics i think this was a really interesting conversation um great to finally do this with the two of you um nothing else on my end so um if anyone wants to find you or if they want to download the florence app or learn anything more about that how would they do that Yes, good question. So the best place to go is to our website, florenceapp.ca. So Florence, F-L-O-R-E-N-C-E, app, A-P-P, dot C-A. Um, we have lots of information on there. Um, so you can download the app if you're a nurse or a personal support worker, fill out your profile. Um, and then if you're interested in connecting with me, I'm always um, open to chatting with folks. So feel free to find me on LinkedIn and send me a message there amazing and we hopefully maybe we'll see you on that evening from 8 to 12 in the morning i don't know if i'll make it that far but maybe we'll see you on that opening night at collision yes for sure all right thanks so much for coming on to the greedy nurse podcast